On today's episode, in honor of the Disney Plus drop, we go streaming crazy with live reactions, the hard facts, and a breakdown of the full streaming roster. What would it be like if you subscribed to them all? All this and more today on Recur Now. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it is Thursday, November 14th. I'm Abby Sullivan. I'm Grace Gagnon. And I'm James Herrick. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. Let's talk Disney. We start with the facts. Disney Plus made its way into the world, and in time, Netflix could lose 25% of its subscriber base. We know Netflix and Disney as two entertainment titans with very different backgrounds. Netflix shot from obscurity to become a multi-billion dollar company in a span of 20 years, and Disney is a household name that has kept innovating and up with the times over the last century. But in the streaming world, the tables are turned. Netflix is the incumbent to Disney, and until as of late, had been playing catch-up. So what's the reason behind the potential Netflix drop in subs? Well, there are a few reasons here. Three out of the five top shows on Netflix are from separate broadcasters. That includes Friends in the Office, both of which are licensed content. Netflix paid $100 million to Warner Brothers to keep Friends in 2019. That's three times more than they did the year before. And last quarter, Netflix lost subscribers in the U.S., its biggest and most lucrative market. And this is for the first time ever. In an attempt at remedying this, Netflix is producing its own movies and OG content with its $7 per month price tag. Last year, it spent $12 billion on original content, which will this year reach $15 billion. Disney Plus, on the other hand, launched with all of its own content. And not only are they the owner of the classics... But also Marvel, Lucasfilm, National Geographic, ESPN Classic, 21st Century Fox, and Pixar. That is a whole lot of acquisitions. And now those subsidiaries are available via streaming Disney+. Plus, Ten times more content than Netflix has original shows. Disney has seen three-year growth of 4,283%, with a 2018 revenue of 14.3 mil. So we can only wonder what kind of MRR they'll achieve with this new service. Yeah, and it was only a matter of time before the big studios and broadcasters caught up with the likes of Netflix. Although they were making a boatload of cash from licensing their shows, Disney Plus, NBC, and fellow giants were well in the loop on where the market's going, and they needed to have an answer. So what will happen to Netflix? I'm not entirely sure, but I know it will continue to pour money into its original content and potentially even drop its price. The Netflix team is going to lose a handful of popular content, and we know it won't stop at Disney. And we've waxed lyrical about Netflix's pricing before, but since this Disney drop, we're curious. Can they continue to be the industry leader amid a fellow titan in the scene? In this episode of Pricing Page Teardown, we let the data and Patrick and Peter do the talking. Two media content titans. The catalog that they have is pretty insane. Welcome to Pricing Page Teardown, where Patrick and Peter break down the pricing pages and strategies of subscription companies from all corners of the market. We've looked at Netflix before. This is our first episode ever. We did collect fresh data, though, because you don't want to use old data when you're looking at pricing. No, you don't. Uh, What you're looking at here, you know, $7.99, they're really clear about when your free month ends. You have an $8 plan, an $11 plan, and a $14 plan. Main differentiators here are how many screens you can look at this on, and then Ultra HD, which is basically that 4K. And those are really the differences. That's about it. Everything else is included. I'm not a huge fan. I mean, it's super straightforward. There's just a lot of check marks going on here. I think that they could clean up this design, you know, well. 
to be like, hey, you get all these things, right? But Netflix, I think the one thing that they found is that content was king, queen, and god, no matter how you wanna like define it. And as they produced better and better content, more content was on there, all of a sudden retention was better, and basically more users came because, oh my gosh, I heard about that new series on Netflix. And now, here's the problem coming for Netflix. Uh-oh. Oh. Disney Plus. And later in today's episode, an extended version of that teardown. And now we're checking in to see what the people are saying. Pricing strategist John Mangini is back in action with us. Going into it, we knew that the, they could have charged higher price points, right? We saw the data. Families were willing to pay more for not just Disney Plus, but for Netflix. So we knew right away that the price point was lower than what they could charge, but they do want to get that kind of share of wallet and get people to buy Netflix and Disney Plus. And after signing up Disney Plus last night, first off, if you have a Verizon Unlimited plan, you can get it for free for a year. So just a quick little shortcut there. I did that. It was amazing. Signed up last night. And honestly, the library is more than what I thought it was going to be going into it. I think originally, they only had a few Marvel Universe titles in there. They actually somehow bought out all the rights of their content because they're with other platforms and bought them all and brought them all in-house. So I'm sure that Disney's actually losing a little bit of money right away because they had to go out and buy their own content. Back. And I think where, where it gets fascinating with Disney is Disney can almost use this as a typical, say, B2B or B2C company would use a freemium acquisition strategy, right? With freemium, it's an acquisition play. With Disney Plus, they price it so cheap that it is sub ten dollars. It's like six ninety nine a month. I'm looking at it more as an acquisition channel. And think of like once they get people on that that aren't familiar with Disney, which I'm sure there's not many anymore. There's a whole nother world where these folks can spend a lot more money with. But what will this mean for Netflix moving forward, if anything at all? What Netflix is now competing with, with Disney, Netflix now is, you know, currently they're, yes, they're a tech company, but they're looking much more like a studio, right? They're looking much more like a production studio company. So now they're competing with Disney, with something that Disney's already phenomenal at, which is creating amazing content getting user engagement. So all Disney had to do was create a decent UI streaming service. Mm-hmm. And really, it's not, if they do that, they're going to be ahead of Netflix when it comes to content because they have the storylines. They have the movies already. They have the brand. And now it's going to become almost like a studio battle, which, I mean, Netflix does have a pretty big budget. And down the road, if Disney ever raises the price... I think that's going to hurt Netflix. I think for a while, people are still going to get both. But I don't know. I'm still betting my money on Disney. And what about the nostalgia factor here? Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's one thing that I almost didn't even think of when I was thinking about you know the potential of Disney Plus was I was only assuming the kids would want to use it. I wasn't thinking like someone who is you know, in their late 20s or early 30s doesn't have any kids. Well, actually, with that nostalgia factor, like you want to get Disney Plus, which that's a market that... I didn't think they were going to tap into it at all. I mean, yes, you're going to get the folks that want Star Wars and Marvel Universe, but like to think of like Boy Meets Road, like, oh man, I paid seven bucks a month to, to rewatch that to Pink and Corey Matthews, you know, talk about their love life. Like, that's interesting. <laughs> no. I'd, go, I'd go back at that. Uh, you know, Eric Matthews comes in, like, absolutely, which is that, that shocking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, time will tell who comes out on top, but for now, we're binging both sides. 
And now James unpacks, well, the entire streaming universe. Yep, that's right. I subscribe to all the giants in streaming so you don't have to, or you can if that's your thing. But in a nutshell, here's what I found. With the launch of Disney Plus and the continual launch of new streaming services, our team sat wondering what it would cost to subscribe to all the streaming services out there. But before we dove into the new way we binge our favorite TV shows, we needed to examine what it costs to watch TV in the traditional sense. I do unfortunately still have cable through Comcast, and the cost of 125 plus channels and internet comes out to approximately $59.99. Amid other fees for broadcast, modem, cable box rental, other things, they really don't clarify what that means, but it comes out really to $99. We're already familiar with Netflix's pricing. But for the purpose of this experiment, I use the basic streaming plan at $8.99 a month for access to all content, usage on one screen at a time, limited to standard definition resolution. So we're up to 108 simoleons. Disney Plus has an out-of-box price of $6.99, but my plan was to subscribe to everything. So I opted for a bundled package of Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus, and that comes out to $12.99 a month which brings us up to $128.98 monthly. And for that Emmy award-winning content brought to us by Bezos, the addition of Amazon Prime Video gets us to $129.97 each month. As mentioned earlier, James is still using his old-fashioned cable TV subscription, premium channels not included, so he does not have access to HBO. Now... I won't drop a bunch of Game of Thrones spoilers in here because really I've been asked not to, but I will do the math. With HBO, we're at 144.96. Last but not least, Apple TV. In attempt at not to overcomplicate things, we're only considering Apple TV Plus, which can be accessed on any Apple device through $4.99 a month monthly subscription. With Apple TV Plus rounding out my subscription services, I'm shelling out about $149.95 a month, which means that's about just under two grand a year for all my content needs. So the question remains, is it necessary to have all these subscription services? The answer, probably not. And I don't think many people will pay for all these services at once. What most likely will happen is that people will pick and choose what they want to watch, when they want to watch. Most of these services have created bingeable content that can be consumed in one or two sittings, and once you've finished your favorite series, you can easily pull the plug on that particular one. The corporations probably won't budge on their pricing because for the most part, on their own, each service is incredibly affordable. But in the long run, they'll need to figure out how to keep people subscribed and locked in. My guess is more original content and at a very steady pace. And that's a wrap on your November 14th subscription news. Up next, a look inside our show, Pricing Page Teardown with ProfitWell's Peter and Patrick. This is Pricing Page Teardown Season 5. They have the square terminal. They have the square register. Square for restaurants, square for retail. Their pricing is pretty rock bottom. Whether the pricing's right. Design-wise, I like this pricing page. Or the pricing needs work. There's just a lot of improvement here that can be made. Yeah. They have the analysis and the subscription solutions. That willingness to pay has a really, really wide range, yeah. particularly topping out over $1,000 per month. Pricing page teardown. And finally, a better look inside our Netflix versus Disney Plus episode of Pricing Page Teardown. Well, given that I already use your account, let's assume that I'm paying for my own Netflix account. Yeah. I probably wouldn't give it up. But I definitely would buy a Disney Plus subscription. Yeah. I think that's a no-brainer. Disney makes a, is likely to make a very compelling argument to why you should switch. Yeah. I think I'm in the same boat. There's enough stuff coming on board on Netflix that probably won't end up being in Disney Plus and vice versa. HBO Go, Disney Plus, Netflix, and maybe Amazon because I already get it with Prime. 
I feel like it's a good core and it's yeah. less, it's probably less than 30 bucks a month total. Yeah. Who would you invest in? Look, Netflix has a great team. They've got a great culture. They've proven time and again that they can execute. I find it very hard to bet against Netflix, but the same could also be said about Disney and their existing business, right? Given the, the hand at play with Netflix, I'd probably double down on them. So Netflix has had opportunity to go with live TV. They've had opportunity to do merchandising. They've had opportunity to do all these different things. And Netflix has said, no, we're gonna focus in on basically going deep on content on the recommendation engine. And I think that worked out really, really well when there wasn't a lot of competition. What I worry about from a value perspective, from an investor perspective, Disney is a merchandising, is an experience machine. Yep. That is what they're good at. That is what they're so good at and they've basically bought all these other companies that are really good at experiences. Yep. Netflix, you're gonna start to see subscriber growth flatten out and go down a little bit and not because they're they're dying or anything like that, it's just because they have all the users. Yeah. So where is that growth gonna come from? How are they gonna expand ARPU? They probably can't raise the price too much, especially with the existence of Disney Plus coming out. You gotta be careful about what happens with Netflix and I, I trust them to figure it out. I don't know, I'm kind of punting here. I would go into both, but that's that's kind of the, the Love challenge. Love it, that's a, good take, that's a good takeaway. It's a good way to frame the, frame the war. So how'd Peter and Patrick reach this conclusion? For the episode in full with data cuts on willingness to pay, value matrix, and more, we'll send a link in your subscriber newsletter. That is it for your Disney-fied episode of Recur Now. Check back here tomorrow for more subscription world intel. If you're not already on the list or you have friends, teammates, mentors not on the list, head right over to recurnow.com to simply sign on up. The more you know. 